Today on State Scoop's Priorities Podcast from Scoop News Group, New York City's new take on privacy. Welcome to State Scoop's Priorities Podcast. Every Thursday, you'll get insights into the state and local government technology community. You'll hear from top leaders across the state and local world, and you'll learn about the latest news and trends ahead for the industry. I'm your host, Jake Williams. Here's what's happening this week. Code for America will stop managing finances for its network of local volunteer groups. The nonprofit will step away from acting as the fiscal sponsor for its brigade groups. The move will leave those groups without the bookkeeping and general support needed to do proper reporting under federal and state law. The decision comes as a result of declines in funding and volunteerism post-pandemic. Texas is unveiling the state's plans to enforce the ban on TikTok and other Chinese-made software and hardware from government-owned computers and networks that Governor Greg Abbott signed in December. Under the ban, agencies must, quote, identify, track, and control state-owned devices in order to prohibit access to the products on the ban list. Abbott's order also covers employees and contractors who use personal devices to conduct government business and all networks at public universities. California has a new director of its Data and Innovation Office. Nolan Goddard, the product director at the online financial services company SoFi, will take over the office. The office was created out of a merger of the state's data and analytics bureau and its office of digital innovation. You can find these stories and more at statescoop.com and in links in today's show notes. New York City is updating its citywide privacy policy. The updates are being driven by the Office of Information Privacy within the city IT office and are designed to refine interoperability and collaboration between cybersecurity and privacy efforts. Michael Fitzpatrick is the city's chief privacy officer. He tells Statescoop's Keely Quinlan about the update. But I think um, it, it might also be helpful to just kind of give maybe an overview of kind of our privacy landscape within within the city. Um, sure. if, if I think it might be helpful. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so New York City, I think, was certainly when you look at it, um, you know, from a, a national a national perspective um, and and from a municipal perspective, ahead of the curve and having a privacy law. Um, uh, back in 2017, um, New York City passed what's known as the Identifying Information Law, which went into effect in 2018. Um, and did a, a number of, I think, really remarkable things. Um, created the responsibility that um, every city agency has to have a privacy officer and created a framework um, for having those privacy officers um, be involved in approving the collection or disclosure of identifying information by the agency. Um, We also have uh, within that law, the creation of the role of the New York City Chief Privacy Officer, um, who has the responsibility of setting citywide privacy policy, um, as well as creating uh, an entity known as the Citywide Privacy Protection Committee, which um, is comprised of a number of New York City agencies, as well as uh, other agencies that the mayor uh, determines, which every two years get together and, um, well, they, we, the committee gets together more frequently than every two years, but every two years it goes through the exercise of analyzing biennial reporting from each city agency about its privacy practices. Um, and after, in the course of that review, develops recommendations to the chief privacy officer on how citywide privacy policy ought to be um, revised. Um, so that process um, was completed. Uh, we received agency reports um, this past July. Um, 
the committee um, did its work over the course of August through October and provided me with its recommendations um, at the end of October, which uh, my team has been and I have been um, you know, working through and revising our, our privacy policies, which we're excited to be uh, issuing next week. Right. So what were some of the key findings from that biannual report that went into um, your decision making on how to update the policy? Sure. So I think we've got, um, I think from a top line perspective, um, and, and it's uh, an area uh, that's always been a, a priority concern of, of mine since I've been certainly in this role since uh, April of last year, um, a, a desire to drive better collaboration between privacy and cybersecurity. Um, and so one of the ways that, that we do that in the policies is to really provide an education and an overview of the role of the cybersecurity professional as it overlays into the privacy landscape and the role of, and the work of a privacy officer um, and to drive better collaboration there. We're also um, uh, accompanying the issuance of our revised policies um, providing uh, an update to what we've put together as our privacy officer toolkit, um, which is functional guidance for our privacy officers and included within um, that particular document. Um, we, we provide recommendations on, you know, cadence for meet meetings, you know, steps that agency privacy officers should be taking. And one of the new ones is actually recommending a monthly meeting between the agency privacy officer and the agency chief information security officer. And we're also providing a template agenda for what that meeting can look like, recognizing that um, there may be, um, you know, a concern about kind of dipping the world into the technical space if you're not the air quote technical person, um, really try to get that conversation started. Gotcha. So what kind of training do these agency officers have? Is there a certain expectation that your office sets or is it kind of, you know, they come with their own merit, maybe some certifications? What, what is your, what is the barometer? Sure. So we've got, um, I think, you know, when you look to um, the passage of that local law, you know, there's a charge of agencies having a privacy officer, but the privacy profession is still something that's relatively new, certainly when you look at it from a, from a local government perspective. Um, so you've got folks who, who, you know, in agencies that have a deeper bench of folks who have those types of skill sets. And you have others who, you know, this is this is new territory for them. Um, our office has certainly recognized that challenge, and you know, as part of our onboarding process, when there is a new agency privacy officer designated by the agency head, um, we provide them with an orientation training, giving them an overview of their obligations under local law, and we also maintain regular dialogues with them. Um, and provide support kind of as they get um, more involved into the role. Um, we hold um, regular meetings of privacy officers generally, um, where we kind of, we can take deeper dives on specific topics. Um, and uh, 
one of the areas that we're uh, going to update for this go round as well is um, also integrate uh, a refresher training for our agency privacy officers, recognizing some of them may have been appointed now four years ago, um, just giving an, an, a regular update on kind of the current state of play um, on local law compliance, um, as well as privacy best practices generally. Right. So you mentioned a little bit about the increase of interoperability between, you know, the secure, the cybersecurity side of things and privacy. Um, as far as like how those two work together, how, how, what is your opinion on the way that those work together in concert? Sure. Um, to me, I, I think it's really, it's a partnership that exists quite, um, quite naturally between InfoSec and, and privacy. And um, I think that partnership is kind of part of the current story, which is evolving here in New York City um, and the approach that this administration has taken related to technology matters. Um, you know, January of last year, um, you had among uh, one of the first uh, executive orders of Mayor Adams uh, was the creation of this entity known as the Office of Technology and Innovation. And the, the, the theory of that executive order and what was recognized in it was you know, the, the prior state of affairs in New York City related to technology matters. You had uh, offices with different reporting structures, creating often creating administrative barriers that didn't um, allow for the kinds of collaboration that really are necessary in providing efficient and effective services for, for New Yorkers. So within that executive order, you had my office, the Office of Information Privacy, move over under the, um, the newly created Office of Technology and Innovation umbrella. And along with that came the Office of Cyber Command. And um, that's an area where we've got very strong partnership with the city's chief information security officer, uh, Kelly Moen. Our teams work very closely in making sure that privacy policy is aligned with information security policy. If there's information that uh, Cyber Command is pushing out to chief, uh, chief information security officers citywide, we uh, provide support and also pushing that out to our privacy officer network. I think it's really important to make sure that while that those communications can also be technical, um, we're, we're again, we're driving that conversation and that collaboration that at the agency level. And then certainly in the world of investigating potential or known uh, incidents, uh, we work very closely together as well. And I think it's, it's critical that you have that partnership between privacy, privacy and security in that context. Right. So I guess then to kind of switch directions, um, there is, though, a very clear delineation between cybersecurity and data privacy, although, you know, both are kind of different forms of like risk management in a sense. So do you find the distinction of data privacy as kind of like its own framework, right, its own approach, and the cybersecurity framework, those two being separate entities as helpful, or do you think it's more nuanced than that? So I, I think um, I think it is helpful to kind of look at them as two unique practice areas. Um, there are certainly two unique, there's unique skill sets and several unique skill sets at play within each universe. Um, but I, I look to the world of the privacy profession as, you know, we're looking to the often the legal regulatory and policy policies governing the handling of, of 
identifying information. And I, and I look to the information security side of the house in terms of policies and protocols of how we are actually technically executing um, those responsibilities. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so, you know, something that you mentioned earlier, you know, with wanting to increase communication between, between agencies got me thinking. Are you uh, personally um, in contact with other uh, CPOs and different cities or maybe CEOs for certain states, like uh, basically to like, you know, share ideas about the way the field is going, trends that are emerging? Um, and if so, what do those conversations look like? Uh, absolutely. Um, so I uh, relatively within the last, you know, few months now, um, maybe a little bit more than that, um, New York State announced its first chief privacy officer. Um, um, who I have regular uh, calls with, um, you know, providing really, um, since that role is, is new and that office is building out, you know, to the extent that I can be helpful in, in sharing the experience of our office and building that, um, uh, its governance structure and, and roles and responsibilities in New York City. Um, and then we've, we're also um, branching out and we've got relationships and we're built, continuing to build new ones with privacy officers throughout the United States, um, Austin, Texas, uh, Seattle, uh, I think are our, our strongest partners so far, um, but we're always looking to, to meet uh, new folks as well. And we've also had um, conversations internationally um, with uh, the Singapore Data Protection uh, Authority as well. Um, might be kind of a surprise there, um, but you know, as as all good privacy professionals ought to do, um, we try to stay abreast of you know the current developments. And you know, one area that caught our attention um, over the course of the last year was some guidance that those folks had put out on the use of uh, uh, blockchain technology and the overlay with. Uh, Singapore privacy law, um, which we thought was interesting, but also really an opportunity to open that dialogue on you know, best practices, what we're seeing here, what they're seeing there. Um, and on, additionally, on the international, from an international perspective, um, we were also very excited within the last year um, to be granted observer status within the Global Privacy Assembly, um, which for uh, non-federal entities um, I think currently it may just be us and uh, California's, uh, the CCPA authority. Something that I've been kind of thinking about is how consumer privacy laws and regulations are informing the way um, governments are structuring their own best practices. Um, do you think that, um, at least in, in your perspective, that there is a dialogue between consumer privacy laws and the way government operations are kind of beginning to, to shape out, you know, the scope of their, their practices? I, I think it's, it's, a, it's certainly a critical data point for, for any privacy office, right? You're, you're looking to, to what those developments are, um, how those conversations are evolving. I think very often in the consumer space, um, you know, that's where you're seeing certainly in the, in the world of, you know, for example, FTC regulatory opinions, right, when they're evaluating the sufficiency of privacy practices in the aftermath of a, of a security incident, for example, you can get some great insights on kind of what the expectations are 
Um, so that way you're sufficiently calibrating your office as well as your business stakeholders on what, what's reasonable and responsible practices in the space. Michael Fitzpatrick, the Chief Privacy Officer for New York City. You can read more about him and New York City's privacy efforts at statescoop.com and in links in today's show notes. Next week on the Priorities Podcast, Aaron Roberts gives an update on what's going on in cybersecurity in Wyoming. You can subscribe to the show at prioritiespodcast.com and wherever you get your podcast. While you're there, be sure to leave a review or rating on the podcast page. They make it more likely that more people find the show. This podcast is a production of Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. James Mahoney and Carlin Fisher helped put it together, and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. Until next week, I'm your host, Jake Williams. Thanks for listening.